Let's talk about the life, the music and the acting career of Earl Simmons, a.k.a. DMX. Let's also discuss Ghana's cocoa farmers. What about the passing of Prince Philip and a whole lot more? This is Pablo from Hackney and this is Pablo's podcast. Thank you for choosing Pablo's podcast today. Welcome. Be content with what you have. Rejoice in the way things are. When you realise there's nothing lacking, the whole world belongs to you. Lao Tzu. So, this is episode 51. I'm still in shock of, you know, <laughs> how many podcasts um, I've done over this this. See, it's kind of a, it feels like a short period of time, but so much has happened in that time. But yeah, this is episode 51. Um, and I've got a new hashtag for you to remember. It's Pablo's Podcast Selfie. Pablo's Podcast Selfie. It will all make sense a bit later because I have a special announcement to make. Um, many of you will know that there is an announcement for me to make. Um, and yeah, so I'll be making that announcement a bit later on in the podcast. But yeah, so thank you for joining me today. Um, to be fair, this this week has been a strange one. It's, it's been really dominated, really, um, by the passing of um, both Prince Philip and Earl Simmons, DMX, um, in the US. Um, so yeah, so the, the news, I mean, obviously in the UK being Prince Philip, um, understandably as well. But yeah, it's just, just pretty much been dominated by that. So a lot of things have kind of um, kind of fell to the wayside as far as um, what's in the forefront. So hopefully this will help balance that up a bit, today's pod. So so yeah, let's start with, with Prince Philip. Prince Philip, age 99, I think he, his birthday was due to be in June, I believe. He would have been 100 in June, I think. Um, but yeah, he, he reached 99. Um, the palace obviously um, announced that he had passed away. Queen's obviously um, deep sorrow, um, deep sorrow and loss. You know, obviously they've been together for a very long time. I think they were together before, just before she became queen. Yeah. So, so yeah, um, yeah, he's, he's they've been married since 1947. So it's, it's a long time, but. Um, He's obviously really old. He's been in and out of hospital um, over the past year, over the past few months. So it's not that much of a shock, but because he is the prince, um, it, is, it is still a big thing in the UK for sure. Um, but yeah, so there's going to be, obviously there's going to be a funeral. It's not going to be as big as um, they would have been in the past. It's not going to be like a state funeral or anything like that. Um, however, he did have his 41 gun salute, um, which was which happened up and down the country, um, in the UK, Ireland, Wales, Belfast, Gibraltar. You know, they they really have, you know, pulled it out for him, um, as as they do with royalty and and things like that. So yeah, um, I think I think for me the the, the thing that he's well, like what I, what I will remember him for is being the the founder and the patron of the Duke of Edinburgh Awards, because that, obviously, it's been around for a long time. It's, he founded it, as, as I said, um, and it's helped a lot of young people since... It's been around since, like, 1956. It's, um, it's helped, like, 6.7 million young people 
um, who've, who've started the, the awards, the um, Duke of Edinburgh Award program. Um, and over, over 3.1 million people have actually achieved the awards, you know. And it, run, it's been, it runs over 130 plus countries as well. So, so yeah, for me personally, on a personal note, the fact that he, he founded that and it has helped so many young people and will continue to help so many young people across the world, um, that's what I'll really remember him for. So, yeah, but sad loss, man. Any loss of life, you know, any human being in, in my book is, um, is, is always a, a sad, sad loss. Um, so Harry will be attending a funeral. They've said that um, Meghan won't join him because, obviously, pregnancy and doctor's advice, but Harry will be there. I think it'll be a time for, you know, they talk about all these rifts and stuff. You know, it, it's, it's a funny thing with funerals and that they, they bring people together. So I think this will bring a lot of, um, yeah, it will, it will, I think it will squash a lot of, the, the, these rifts that they're talking about between Harry and William and, and stuff like that, I think things will be able to get sorted out and put into perspective, you know, put into perspective. I just hope, though, I hope that the media don't try to leverage this in some way against Meghan, you know. I, I think that would be, be in poor taste. But, you know, stranger things have happened. Um, but I'm just... I mean, nothing has happened yet, but I'm just hoping we don't go down that route um so yeah so yeah sad loss for the queen etc and and obviously you know the queen you know we're, we're having to um quarantine and not be around people and obviously the queen has to do that as well although she would have loads of um people that work for her around her but yeah you know to be the age she's at and not to have her her partner there now um yeah it's you know the you know, it's it's. I can only feel it for her. I, 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 yeah, yeah, definitely feel it for her. You know, often when these kind of things happen with older people, it's not long before, you know, before the other um, partner joins them. Pretty much, you know, for want of a better way of saying it, you know, and being the age she is and stuff like that. So, but hopefully, um, she, you know, she stays strong, you know, and gets support. And obviously, she's got a lot of support around her, even being the queen and whatnot. So, yeah. But my thoughts are with her and the family, for sure. Um, but one that really hit me is uh, the actor and rapper Earl Simmons, DMX. This, I've got to be honest, this was more significant for me because, you know, I, 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 this was one of the artists, one of the rap artists that I used to listen to growing up. And he... So he, he, he had a real instrumental, not instrumental, but, you know, he's part of the soundtrack of my life, you know, growing up. Um, so, yeah, he died age 50, um, five days after suffering a heart attack. We spoke about him being in hospital on the last pod, but, yeah, unfortunately, he, he kind of succumbed to his, this heart attack situation. Um, but, yeah, you know, he, he was a unique, a unique artist, a unique artist, you know, groundbreaking, you know, groundbreaking rapper, you know, he, he broke various um, uh, records and so I think he he was the first I think, he, yeah, he became the first artist to have five albums go to number one on the Billboard charts you know, um, he was nominated for Green Free, free Grammys um, but he, he come from a, a troubled background and you could hear it in his music, you could feel it in his music, 
His music is music you could feel. You know, if any artist is listening and wants to wants to um, hear what it sounds to listen to music that you can feel, and you know, I'm talking about the lyrics and the content. Um, DMX is definitely one of those artists you could feel the pain in his music, um, and that's what made him so compelling. But like I said, he come from a, a troubled um, background, abusive, abusive um, childhood. Um, lived in uh, various uh, children's homes, you know, involved in violence and crime. Um, yeah, and he he also had a substance misuse um, problem. Um, he, in one of his interviews, he spoke about uh, his crack addiction began when he was like fourteen. When a forty, when a thirty, he was fourteen, and he had a thirty-year-old uh, music mentor who he really, really looked up to, um, who basically gave him gave him a spliff. Um, him thinking it was weed, but it was laced with crack cocaine, you know. So, which, you know, obviously that wasn't of, a, of his choice, but that helped fuel his, um, helped fuel his addiction, you know, um, in, in later life as well. Which is really sad, you know, that's a real abusive um, thing to do, you know. I mean, I don't know what the what the uh, mindset of the, the, the man that did that, I mean, giving that to a 14-year-old, you know, that's, you know, giving any kind of illicit substance to a 14-year-old, let alone something laced with, um, with, with crack cocaine, bearing in mind how addictive it is, etc. So, yeah, really sad beginnings. A lot of unfortunate things happen. So, obviously, the trajectory of his life, especially in the early days, was quite, quite colourful, to say the least. Um, but he, he found a way to you know, feed that into his music and then on the, into his acting career as well. Um, starred in some, some big films, you know, Romeo Must Die with Jet Li um, and Aaliyah, um, Exit Wounds with um, Steven Seagal, Cradle to the Grave. Um, I think there was a couple others, but my favourite, my favourite was 1998, Belly. Him and Nas in that movie, yeah, that was a classic absolute classic and I, and I definitely will be watching that in the coming days again um, but needless to say you know on, on the day he passed when we found out you know I listened back three CDs the ones that I could find um, yeah brought back loads of memories you know so yeah definitely feel it for him and his family but if you, if you don't know his music you know the music might not be your sort of music per se um, but like I said he, he was definitely talented um, and the, like I said, the content, you, you could feel the pain. When you can feel the pain in, in, in lyrics. And he was quite spiritual as well, you know. Um, I know people often think of hip-hop and, and spirituality and stuff like that, or religion, they, they, they think of maybe Kanye West with Jesus Walks, but the truth is um, DMX was doing that decades before, you know, um, and, and, and touching people. So, so yeah, yeah. Um, so, like I said, these two these two people passing um, on the same day, um, yeah, different sides of the water, two totally different lives, but both equally touched people beyond their small circle. So, yeah, greatly missed. So, my my thoughts and prayers go out to both families and, and both friends for sure. So, yes. So, in regards to the UK now and the the latest um, vaccine for us to um, be able to use in the UK is the Moderna, Moderna vaccine. It's rolling out in, in, in Wales. Um, t- 
to be fair, with all of the stuff with AstraZeneca and, and issues around that, you know, they, they needed another one to come in to kind of not take his place, but obviously there's not going to be as many people using that one now or wanting to use that one now. Um, because now um, it's with the AstraZeneca, if you're under 30, um, they're being off, people are being offered an alternative, um, no more AstraZeneca for under 30s, which, you know, I, I could imagine this is going to feed into a lot of people's fears and concerns, you know, that they've had once hearing that there was any kind of vaccine that had come around. So, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that all pans out. But all this has come about, as you know, because of the, the rare blood clots associated with AstraZeneca. And the European um, Medicine Agency have stated um, that there is, you know, there's high, it's highly likely there's a link between AstraZeneca and the blood clot. So it's not just, it's not conspiracy theory or rumours anymore. It's, it's, it's factual, um, evidence-based stuff. So, um, but we are about to um, ease off the lockdown um, situation, um, not fully, but partially um, in the UK from Monday the 12th. So hairdressers, beauty parlours, pubs, restaurants, non-essential shops, uh, self-contained holidays in the UK, outdoor attractions um, and gyms. Gyms and leisure facilities. I cannot wait to get back into the gym. I cannot wait to go and swim. Yeah, this, the, the, these things make all the difference to me, to be fair. That's, those are the two things that I'm really interested in, gym and leisure facilities. But yeah, all of these things are open. And people can get back to some kind of normality. And more, more importantly, get, yeah, normality. But like I said, my, my thing is, is get, get back in shape, get the blood flowing, get moving, you know, get them in positive, you know, that, just get in that positive space again. Um, and the gym, the gym is a big thing for that. You know, it does change change a lot, especially as we're talking about a lot of depression and you know um, anxiety around things. Getting fit um, always um, takes the edge off of those sort of things. So yeah, um, but you know we still have to stick to the you know social distancing, keeping two two um, two meters away, etc. And also still working from home where we can as well. So not totally changed, but changing enough, which is which is good. We're going in the right direction. Um, outdoor gatherings still limited to um, six people between two households. Um, and obviously, you can uh, if if you're formed up with your your bubbles, obviously you can you can do, use that as well. Um, but yeah, but other than that, there is this. Uh, the thing with the vaccine passports, the vaccine passports, which I don't think Boris likes to use that term for some reason, but they are, there is, um, he's thinking about something along those lines, you know, at the same time, but, um, but he doesn't like to use that word, but I'll get, I'll get to that in a second. But, um, but there is strong opposition um, to this, to the um, vaccine passports from, from MPs as well, funny enough. So, so yeah, these there's the, the various things going on but the next big day obviously april the 12th is a massive day all these things open up but the next big day after that is may the 17th where there'll be more easing so i just hope you know uh, boris's plan to ease up everything you know come july is it no june june the 21st i hope all that goes to plan you know because we, we we need it we need to get back to some normality 
Um, and as part of that as well, they're going to be offering, well, yeah, offering um, home testing. So people can test um, twice weekly using the lateral flow tests. So that's going to be available for everybody. Um, hopefully this, I think they're doing this so that they can identify like the one in three um, uh, asymptomatic people um, in the country. Um, but the it is it's not this that, that lateral flow test isn't as accurate as their gold standard PCR test, um, the one that they have to send into the labs with, with these home ones. You just do them at home and stuff, so they're not a hundred percent accurate. Um, but they're cheaper and they, you know, you you get the results within thirty minutes. So we'll see what impact that makes, you know. And yeah, we'll see, we'll see how that adds to things for sure. But going back to this, the vaccine uh, passport. So um, Boris is um, he's, he prefers the term um, vaccine uh, certification. Now, to me, it doesn't. You call it a passport certification, it doesn't make any difference. It's just the same thing. So semantics, I think, is is, is the word that comes to mind. But um, but yeah, so he's. He suggested that we have this um, vaccine certification, um, saying that it has a, you know, it has a uh, plays a big role um, in in unlocking the country safely. So that is on its way. Um, but it's, I think they, uh, I think on Monday they might be announcing. I think bank no bank holiday Monday they they're going to be announcing um, this new system. Uh, the COVID um, status certification system that they're announcing. So, so we'll get to hear what it is and how it how it goes. I mean, people have some people have been aware that something like this would come. I suppose at those times it was kind of conspiracy, but it, it's coming to pass now. So, it is what it is. So we just have to see how how we work with it. You know, how we move forward. Um, but the their hope is that this this is going to be a way um for us to open up things like um sport sports events theaters clubs you know public you know where 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 mass of people are, are are gathering so the trials over the coming months they like i said they're looking to open up nightclubs which and nightclubs have been hit hard man the the whole entertainment industry really but nightclubs haven't had a a peep since this started not a peep of, you know, in regards to opening doors or anything, you know. Um, so, yeah, so if they can, yeah, if, if, if they can find a way to, especially I think about the smaller clubs, because when you're talking about social distancing, they're going to struggle. But I suppose with this uh, vaccine passport or vaccine certification, whatever you want to call it, it will allow people potentially to be closer and, and no need for social distancing. We'll have to see. We'll see what they announce and, and how it all pans out. But yeah. So, but in regards to traveling abroad, which is limited at, uh, at the moment, um, but they are talking about how it will run going forward and they're talking about the traffic light system. Um, and they've spoken about us being able to travel the earliest, May the 17th, um, which isn't that far away, but that's that's their hope. Um, but basically countries will be put on this um, red amber green system um and there'll be different rules in regards to quarantining uh when you return into england based on what color these uh, the, 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 these countries are given so the lowest risk is is green um and those countries will 
uh, they'll have to if you go to those countries, you'll have to pay for a test, um, including the PCR test, um, which costs between I think it's between 150 and 250, um, and so you'll have to pay for that on top of your your costs on returning back to England. So that's the green, that's the bottom level, and then you've got the the amber level, um, which is 10 days quarantine. And you've got to take uh, two PCR tests. Um, and then you've got the red, which is the top end. Um, and then with that one, you've got, um, you've got to do the 10-day, obviously. And you've got to do the two PCR tests. But you've also got to be uh, managed in one of those quarantined hotels. So big costs, big costs for travelling um, in the near future. Um, and a lot of the countries are on the red list at the moment, I think, because there's not many that are um, that are on the green list. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, this, this, these things are super changeable, so we'll see how it goes. Um, I suppose it's all about the, the self, self-contained UK holidays. That's, that's what it's about. I think we're going to get used to all of the beauty spots in the UK in the meantime, you know, or we just stay home, <laughs> one of the two. So, um, but the government have also, which I think, I think this is really good myself, um, on, it, I think it was April the 1st, um, they announced that they're going to offer loads of free qualifications to boost people's skills on the gov.uk website. I think this is a really, really good initiative, you know. Um, you know, the, the, the time that we've got, we've got extra time now, you know, some of us have got extra time and this is a good way to use your time. And a lot of us are going to have to find new careers, you know, new ways of moving forward because the world's changed so much. So at least this allows people, especially young people, it allows people to, um, you know, get free qualifications where in the past they would have had to pay for. So they've got um, free, level three qualifications if you're aged over 19. So 19 all the way up to, you know, adults. Um, so that's really good. Um, and you can, and also if you're between 19 and 23 years old, you can access additional um, qualifications that specific for, for that age group. So, I mean, I would just recommend, even if it's not for yourself, it might be for your, your niece or nephew or friend, you know, um, regardless of their age, there's, there's something free on that site in regards to upskilling. So, yeah, just check it out on the um, gov.uk website. Definitely worth a look. So, sadly, um, Richard Okorogi, um, they found his body this week, um, which is really sad, um, in in a pond in the, in the woodlands in, in, in Essex. Um, really sad. Um, they're still treating the the death as being unexplained um, but the post-mortem they said the post-mortem um, showed no evidence of physical trauma or assault um, but the cause of death is still pending so so that that news is still to come for the family um, so they don't know what, what what happened so really feel it for the family you know um, yeah it's, it's a really sad it's a really it just really seems a little bit odd to be fair the whole you know, it just seems like there's a few, well, there, there are a few gaps, obviously, because they haven't, haven't fully uh, finished their investigation. But yeah, some, some gaping gaps there for sure. Um, but the Met Police uh, made the mandatory referral to the Independent Office um, for Police Conduct, the IOPC. Um, so 
they're going to obviously look at how the Met dealt with it. Um, but the mother, um, her name is Evidence Joel, um, that's her name, the mother's name, Richard's mother's name, um, she also said that after making the initial uh, missing persons report on the 22nd of March, um, the, 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 first, the first time she made that report, she said that the police didn't do anything, you know, um, and they didn't do anything for, for a while. Uh, I think it might have been up to a week. Um, I think they basically said to her that because her, her son's an adult, you know, he can go go out and, you know, come back whenever he wants. So, it's, well, it's like they, she couldn't really say that he was missing. That, that's what they were saying, I suppose. Um, but she she reported it. So, I mean, for me, I think, you know, regardless of your age, obviously, yeah, if you're over 18, you can, you know, you're an adult, you can be out for as long as you like. But if, if, someone, if a mother's coming to you saying, look, this is not normal for my son, I know he's 18, but this is not normal for him. So he is missing. So I think from that happens, I think the police should be moving, you know, on, on that on day one, you know. So, but like I said, um, it's, been, it's been referred to the IOPC, so they will, they will um, come to a decision. Hopefully they, they look at this meticulously. But um, the mother is adamant that um, her son wouldn't have taken his own life. So, so, yeah, we'll have to see. But my thoughts and prayers go out for, to her, you know, and her family, for sure. Very sad. And, um, and sadly, um, this Saturday, a seven-year-old um, in Sydney was murdered, um, stabbed to death in Sydney. Um, he, next of kin, been informed. But again, just really sad, you know, you know, to dying at the the hands of a knife and at such a young age, you know, it it, it doesn't get any easier hearing hearing or, or reading about um, you know young people dying at, at, at the hands of you know other young people most of the time, you know, youth violence. So yeah, thoughts and prayers go out to that family for sure for that seventeen year old in Sydney. And also, um, sadly as well, um, thoughts going out to um, 85-year-old um, Lucille Downer, um, her family as well. She, she died um, recently, um, a dog attack. And when I heard this, I thought, this is horrific. What a, what a way to, um, you know, to meet your demise, but at 85 years old as well. You know, um, so basically uh, two dogs um, had got into a garden for a hole in the fence um, and, and attacked her, you know. Um, and yeah, she, she, there was no way she was going to survive that apparently. So it happened in um, West Midlands, Rowley Regis in the West Midlands on Friday. So, um, so yeah, since then, um, a 43-year-old man's been arrested um, on suspicion of of um, having a dangerous dangerous dog um, and a dangerous dog out of control, two dangerous dogs out of control, um, and yeah, yeah, really, really, really sad. I mean, the dogs have obviously now been um, destroyed, but yeah, man, I just really, when, as soon as I heard that, it was just yeah, it was horrible, horrible to think of that. But you know, um, yeah, so I feel it for the family. You know, I feel it for the family and, yeah, really sad. 
Um, so on another note, outside of the UK, um, in Mozambique, Mozambique, I don't know if people... I mean, I haven't heard... That, well, it's not a lot of people speaking about it, but in Mozambique, they've been going through some stuff, you know, they're um, militant um, Islamists um, basically uh, took control um, of, of a particular part of Mozambique and you had people running for their lives and being run off road, being ambushed, um, you know, making, having to make signs saying SOS and help me out of clothes so that people could see them from the sky. And it was just, it was like a, it's like a film. It was, it was really, really, really sad and, and must have been so scary, you know. Um, yeah, so it was happening in a, a part of Mozambique called Palma. Um, and like I said, the, the Islamists attacked and dozens of people were killed, um, thousands, about 11,000 people displaced um, uh, after it all happened. It happened, it's been going on since, it happened like the 24th of March when it happened um, but happily um, the, as of now uh, the, the Mozambique um, uh, military we lost the word there for a second but the military have now regained control of the, of the town thank goodness so people are safe again um, but yeah it was absolute chaos though absolute chaos you know so but people are returning home now um, a lot of their homes have been looted and, and things like that, so we're going to have to rebuild. But, but yeah, I mean, if you if you if you did miss that piece of news, um, it is definitely worth going to check that out on on you know Google it, you know, because um, then people went for a lot, and you know that could have been any of us. You could have been at you know on holiday somewhere, and you know to be in that kind of situation, it's horrifying, absolutely horrifying. So, um, sticking with Africa, um, I'd, I was learned a little bit about the chocolate industry and the cocoa farmers in Ghana specifically. So, um, last year, uh, the, the industry, the, the, the retail industry, is worth, well, this is the retail industry across the board, I believe, which is worth um, $107 billion, uh, which is like seven, 78 billion pounds. Um, but it, Ghana being the second largest cocoa producer, they only earn um, around $2 billion um, out of that $107 billion. And this is, and they grow, you know, the, the cocoa. So obviously on the face of it, it's like, how does that happen? You, you grow the stuff, but you make minimal amount from it. So, so basically um, what I've, what I've kind of gleaned from this is, this is, this is due to um, the colonial relationship and the way things have been set since, since colonialism. So they basically have to, they export the, their commodities, like most of the um, uh, countries in Africa, and they're processed somewhere else. So because they're pro, wherever they're processed, that's, those are the people that make the bulk of the money, you know. So, which is, yeah, which is sad. Um, it is, it's something that definitely needs to be changed and I think um, the Ghanaian president, President Nana Akufu Adu um, he was speaking about it last year apparently um, and told an audience in, in Switzerland that um, there's no future, there can be no future of prosperity in Ghana, for Ghana's people if they continue to do business in that way, you know, so 
I suppose they're looking at um, hopefully setting up the the infrastructure to be able to produce, you know, farm it in 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 Ghana and produce it in Ghana. Um, but that's that's that, I mean, in many countries from South America to the Caribbean to, you know, everywhere Africa, everywhere should be looking to do, you know, to maximize on their their natural resources, you know. Um, but yeah, I, di- I didn't really know about this, you know, the, this disparity, if that's the right phrase. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something that needs to be addressed because the truth is, um, Ghana is, well, the world's largest um, cocoa growers are like the Ivory Coast, Ghana, Cameroon and Nigeria. And the world's largest chocolate producers are US, Germany, Switzerland and Belgium. So those are the guys that are making most of the money, you know, um, and none of those people making most of the money grow cocoa. So, yeah, definitely something needs to be addressed and, and, and looked into for sure. So I'm glad, I'm glad they're talking about it and I'm glad I, I now know about it. It puts, puts, puts a lot into perspective because obviously we know how rich and, and how much resources Africa has, but due to, you know, colonialism and the colonial setup as things are, um, it has the locals haven't been able to maximise on the profits, and external people do. So, the sooner that changes, the better for sure. So, um, so yeah, like I said, the the gym stuff. I'm I'm so so happy about the, the whole gym situation. You know, um, you know, one of the things I always say to people is, you know, don't. It's not really that helpful most of the time, you know, getting fussed about your weight and and things like that. Um, But something you should address and something you should keep an eye on is your fat percentage. Your fat percentage is what you should focus on. Don't need to focus too much on your weight, your BMI. If you stay healthy, eat right and focus on your fat percentage, everything else kind of falls into place after that. So that's 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 my word of advice as we're being able to get out there and and do stuff now because obviously at the same time the gyms are opening the restaurants will be opening so we need to balance that off we don't want to just go out and just be eating and eating and eating and and not <laughs> not burning it off if we can do both um we'll be a lot healthier and fitter because at the end of the day this covid situation is still here so um and and the same rules still apply you're gonna be able to deal with it when you catch it better, the more healthy you are, you know. And that, that applies for all um, diseases, infections or whatever. The more healthy you are, doesn't mean you're not going to catch it. It just means that you'll, you, you'll, you'll better be able to deal with it. You know, your body will be in a better position to deal with it. So, so yeah, reducing your fat percentage is key. Reducing your fat percentage is key. So I'd say look into that, look into how to do that. So um, chronic, a lot of us are suff- suffer with, um, well, not a lot of us, but there's a proportion of the community that suffer with um, chronic pain. Um, they call it chronic primary pain, actually. Um, and that's when you get in pains and you don't know, you don't know why or, or how this pain has come to you. And it's lasting for like three months um, and beyond. That's what we call um, chronic primary pain. But basically, um, the watchdogs um, have said that the pain medication that was tr- that is traditionally given to deal with that, um, such as um, like opioids and, and benzodiazepine, etc., those things have 
there's no evidence that it works, you know, and, and basically because the, them drugs are, are as powerful as they are, they can lead to addiction as well. They're very addictive. And so more people are, are becoming addicted to them unnecessarily because now we know that there's no evidence that it works. It's, for, it's, it's just pointless giving um, opioids and benzodiazepine to people with chronic pain. And what, what they've decided now is moving forward, they're going to be prescribing exercise, um, acupuncture, um, talk therapy in the future. Which to me, knowing what I know, makes makes perfect sense. You know, I mean, there, there is time for medicine for sure. You know, there's things that you need medicine for, but exercise and talk therapy, especially for me, um, these are things that I know from from experience. You know, that deals with a lot of problems. And it goes back to what I was saying about the the whole fat percentage thing and getting out, getting to the gym, getting doing the leisure stuff. If you're doing these things, you can't stop you know, getting injuries or, or having pains and stuff, but you greatly reduce it and you greatly increase your recovery time if you do catch anything. So, so yeah, that's pretty much what they're saying. So um, I'm not sure how that's going to work out for the people that have been on these medications for, for many years um, with these chronic primary pain issues. Um, but I could imagine there will be a weaning people off of um, certain drugs, pain medication, um, and replaced, like I said, with exercise, acupuncture, and talk therapy. So yeah, developments. There's always developments with um, science and and life in general. To be fair, another development is um, they've they have uh, found like clear links um, with mental health and COVID. I think we we kind we kind of gathered that, but but I think what was more interesting is that the link is also for people that have had uh, COVID uh, but not been hospitalised. So they may have just, you know, they just dealt with it at home and they, they was fine, didn't have it too bad. But even then, um, the, the mental health situation is raised, you know. Um, so, yeah, things like anxiety and depression um, widely, widely happening, you know, amongst people who have been infected and not been hospitalised. Um, but you know these things are still um not being accurately measured in full obviously we're still quite early in this whole coronavirus world that we're living in now just over a year now so but in time i'm sure they'll have the stats to back up all of that that stuff conclusively so yeah so we'll we'll keep an eye on that but yeah we, we have to keep an, we just need to keep an eye on each other and just try to stay well physically mentally emotionally you know in in all senses you know and for me, from my experience, keeping moving, staying moving, you know, whatever your physical ability is, regardless of your age, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, whatever it is, as long as you keep moving, you're going to be in a better situation, you know. So, um, but yeah, talking, talking about addiction, though, I mentioned addiction earlier in regards to those opioids and benzos. I do I have a... I've, I have this this theory or these these thoughts that I I saw I see saw some young people spinning around in circles like you know young as young kids do you know spinning around until they get dizzy and fall over we've all done it we've all seen kids doing it um, but that and and you know you see kids do that fall over and then get up and spin around and do it again you know it's like the parents have to tell them to stop doing that but um, I've always thought. 
I've always wondered, is there a connection between uh, young kids doing that and addiction and substance misuse in, in, in later years? Because the only reason I say, it might sound a bit odd, but the reason why I say that is because, you know, when we, when we drink alcohol, when people use illicit substances, you know, getting dizzy is part of that process. You know, when you drink too much alcohol, you get a dizzy feeling, you use illicit substances, you get a dizzy feeling, you know. So, so yeah, I, 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 I don't know. But I, I, it's, just, it's just something that came across in my mind. It might sound a bit random, but I, I, I thought I'd mention that for sure. But, yeah, I don't know if there's anything in it. I probably have to interview a professor um, to get the conclusive um, answer to that. But, yeah, I thought I'd mention it. So, another volcano. Um, we've spoken, I think we've, over the past couple of weeks, we've spoken about at least two other volcanoes. But yeah, there's a volcano um, that's erupted in St. Vincent. I didn't even know St. Vincent was a volcanic island, to be fair. But um, I'm learning day by day different things that I didn't know. But yeah, so yeah, so this volcano's erupted. Um, the country's been blanketed with ash and smoke people have been forced out of their homes um pretty much i've, I've watched the video and you know it's pretty the, the ash is falling like snow you know if you didn't know it was ash it actually looked like it was snowing in st vincent um very 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 odd scene yeah um but yeah this this volcano is apparently it's been dormant since um 1979 um, but in December, it started um, spewing steam, smoke, and there was rumbling noises, etc. Which I, I didn't hear anything about that at the time. But yeah, so that was happening. Um, but as a result, like I said, it's, 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 it's erupted now. So um, the prime minister has evacuated. Uh, I think it's like sixteen thousand residents into the red zone um, of the of the country, um, safe zones. Um, and they've basically got moved people onto ships, cruise ships as well. Um, thank goodness there's been no um, casualties so far, which is really good, um, because obviously when I, when I hear about volcanoes um, in the Caribbean, it does bring me back to Montserrat and, and the, the horrors that happened in Montserrat um, with the volcanoes and stuff, so thank goodness there's no casualties so far. Um, but there has been um, increased activity in Mount Pele um, in the, on the island of Martinique, north of um, St. Vincent. So hopefully that one doesn't uh, erupt as well. That would be really unfortunate too at the same time. In close proximity, that wouldn't be good. Um, but yeah, I've done a little research into it. And overall, uh, there are 45 volcanoes with continuing eruptions on the planet um, at this precise moment. As of, as of the 12th of March, there's 45 volcanoes with continuing eruptions um, on the planet, which is, I, I mean, it's not anything I ever looked into before, but that's quite interesting. I, di I didn't know there were so many, you know, well, didn't know there were so many for one. I didn't know there were so many actually erupting. <laughs> at the moment as well, you know. But I suppose you only hear about the ones that are erupting when they're in close proximity to where people are living, is the thing, is what I found out. So, yeah, really interesting. 
But yeah, but there's no been no deaths there, so this is a good thing. So yeah, on a lighter note, um, the Screen Actors Award uh, 2021, the SAG Awards, Daniel Kaluuya um, wins another another award for his role in Judas and the Black Messiah, and um, for playing Fred Hampton. Um, I tell you what, he's had, he's having an a really good a really good year. You know, a really good 12 months, you know. Obviously, it's not been the best for everybody, but he's had a really good year. That film has really um, done him justice. I mean, even the other films he's done, but this one is is really significant. Um, really good film. I'll, I'll probably watch that again soon as well. Really good film, historic. Um, but yeah, um, but also there's uh, the BAFTAs again on this weekend as well, over this weekend. It's spread over two days, Saturday and Sunday. So... Rather than do it piece piece this week, I'll probably speak on it in next week's pod. Um, but yeah, award season continues. Award season continues. So, in regards to my the announcement, so yeah, in regards to the announcement, so like I said, this is the fifty first episode. You know, last last week was the fiftieth, which was monumental for me. You know. Um, and we're nearly coming up to a year, a year of doing podcasts, you know, which I accidentally fell into after, after a phone call um, into, into LBC, you know, um, and it kind of just snowballed from there. It definitely wasn't planned, but look, 51 episodes and we're, we're still here doing it. Um, and, you know, people enjoy it. People tell me they, they, they enjoy it um, and they see value in it. Um, and people have asked me... Um, how can they support the podcast other than sharing it? You know, people actually want to support it, which is really humbling, to be fair. You know, when people kind of acknowledge stuff you're doing and, you know, you're doing it just because you, you know, you love doing it, you like doing it, and, and, and you know, people want to help support. Um, yeah, it's really humbling. So, so yeah, so um, I thought to myself, you know, how can I how can I do something in a way where um, I've, well, do you know what? People suggested to me that I do a GoFundMe, but I, I don't feel comfortable. <laughs> I don't feel comfortable doing that. Um, I wanted to do something where people could um, get more value. You know, if people are going to part with their money, um, I want them to get more value rather than just giving them money. So yeah, the, the GoFundMe thing didn't really sit well with me. Um, but uh, so I thought about I thought about how can I do something where I can do something where people can actually get something, um, give and get something as well. Because as I said, people have asked me, you know, they they value the content, etc. And they and people recognise that it costs money to produce the podcast as well. You know, as well as the time, it does it does actually cost to do it. So. So I have decided to launch Pablo's podcast merchandise and apparel, actually. Um, so various um, things on offer. Um, I've put a link in the Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. So if you go to either of those, either of those three and go up to the top left um, in the bio section and there will be a link there. Click on the link and that'll take you straight to the website where you can um, where you can 
you know, you can you can donate in the way of um, purchasing one of the items, um, which will help me to continue doing what I'm doing in regards to Pavlov's podcast. So there's a few there's a few items available, um, a few gift ideas there as well. Um, I purposely put a, f- a varied uh, types of things on there um, for different people, you know, both young and old. But there's something for everybody on there. There's definitely something on there for everybody. Um, and I really do appreciate this, you know, the support that I've I've been getting thus far. You know, people sharing it. You know, that's that's invaluable as well. Um, but like I said, you know, people want to support um, on a, on the next level, and, and th- this is a way to support um, Pablo's podcast. So I really do appreciate it. Um, and you know, for the supporters of the podcast, um, what we're asking now is if you can uh, take a picture, take a selfie. You know, with an item, with an item that you've bought um, from the store, um, and then direct message it to me via the social media, and then add in that new hashtag that I said to you. So that's hashtag is Pablo's podcast selfie. Yeah. So if you add that pod, if you add that um, hashtag to your picture with an item that you've bought, then what I would do, I'll repost it on all of the platforms as well. So, um, so yeah, I just, I'm just really grateful um, that people even, you know, listen, to be fair. <laughs> I, I'm just grateful that people even listen and, and people find any value in, in, in Pablo's podcast, you know. Um, and, yeah, I thank you for the support. Um, please continue to support. Please do continue to support because I really do appreciate, you know, I really do appreciate and I really do appreciate you, you know, and I appreciate everything you know you just talking about the podcast you sharing it and now you um purchasing um stuff from the from the um the 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 site the website all of these things help it all helps so thank you in advance so um hopefully um you'll share this link um with a person who's not familiar with the podcast um hopefully you Join me on one of the podcast um, rooms that we set up and be part of the conversation live there. Um, but yeah, but thank you. Thank you again. And um, yeah, definitely check out the store. There's loads of items on there. There's accessories on there. There's clothing on there. There's loads of things on there. Something for everybody. So thank you again for choosing Pablo's podcast today. And hopefully you can join me on the next one. Until then, take care and be nice to each other. Thank you for listening to Pablo's podcast. I'm Pablo from Hackney, and you can catch me next week for more healthy discussion.